Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. I never know if that's a compliment. Well, I should have said this. Her and her husband, pastor of Coastal Family Church yeah. um, on the mission field in the Outer Banks. Suffering for Jesus. Oh, I love it. First, um, thank you. Thank you from my husband and I um, for being so wonderful, um, for being so gracious and so kind. Um, for loving us from the moment our feet hit West Virginia. You've been so good to us. And um, your whole entire staff, um, all your volunteers, uh, your pastors. And, you know, there's some people in life that are just extra. Um, I always tell our church, I love being extra. And Pastor Aaron and Diane, they're extra. You ever met some extra people? And they're extra. You know, it's interesting, that's a, that, that's a display of who God is. God's extra. He's never just enough. He's an extra God. And when you have extra, when you have extra generosity, when you have extra love, when, you, when, all, when who you are in Christ is met and then everything that's in you can go overflow on other people, that's extra. And you have those kind of pastors and you have that kind of team. And I'm just, we're, we're getting recipients and love from your extra. And so we just want to say thank you. Um, many of you, if you didn't get to go to the marriage retreat, um, I just want to introduce my handsome husband. His name's Stephen Westcott. Can you stand up and just wave at him? You have to turn around. Whatever. Any married, any married couples that were at the retreat that got a note on their mirror or coffee this morning? Come on. I love it. I, I got one, too, on my mirror, so I just want to say uh, thank you. We have some special kids that are kind of like our kids that are with you as guests in the house, too. Just want to take a moment. Um, as a mom, um, they're not my kids, but they're kind of like my kids, and that's Nick and Molly Luzecki. They're here with us this morning, so if you see them, just wrap your, head or, your hand around their neck. Not too hard. Just... <laughs> Just love on them. Sometimes it's good to have young ones with us. Slip them like 20 bucks, you know. It's good. I'm, I'm telling you. I, I shared something. This isn't in my notes. Do you care if I go a couple freebies on you and then get to the stuff? But um, I, I shared something with them. You know, um, you know, younger couples and younger people, um, they need to get around older people. The Bible says that the older ones do what? teach the younger ones or impart into the younger ones. And so older people, I'm, I'm going to put myself in the older category because I'm 50, but the older people um, need to make time for the younger people. And then the younger people need to ask the older people for their time. And so I just, and so, and so when you get people around you, you should ask, hey, can you, here's the thing, on younger people, if you ask older people to take you to dinner, guess what they do? They pay. It's great. It's, it's really great. They'll pay for you. It's wonderful. Ask them. They, they don't have any little ones running around that. Most older people make good dinners now that we've learned. We're, we're now good cooks. You know, and uh, I just encourage you, if you're in that season of life 
and, and you're younger or you're young and married or, you, you know, ask some older people, man, I, I like what I see. I want to get around you. Amen. Amen. I loved um, just being in this house and being in worship with you. How many love the church? I felt, I felt myself being super at home because um, when I'm at home and I stand up front, I kind of, I look back in the middle of worship and I'm way in front of everybody else. And, um, and I have a horrible voice, but I love to sing. But by the time worship gets over, I feel like I'm almost at the stage. And so I was just entering in. You know, when, um, when COVID happened and, and churches shut down for a moment, um, I, I spent about three days crying. Um, I'm not actually a crier, except for in the presence of God, but I spent about three days crying. And Pastor Stephen came to me at one point, and he was like, okay, we're done. And I was like, who can shut the church down? You know what I mean? I, I just was, the church has always been the place, has for, forever in history, has always been the place that people have come when they're hurting, when they're broken, when there's crisis, whether there's presidents, when it's voting, whether, whether it's a nation that had the Twin Towers, whatever the crisis has been, people have always flocked to the church. The church has been the place that's held the people of God together. And I, I was heartbroken. I had to make a major adjustment because I, I felt like something got taken from us. But how many of you know sometimes if you sling a slingshot back? You know, you, sling, you pull something back. And the further you pull it back and you aim for it, you know, all the enemy did was give us a few moments to aim really good. That's all he did. I was like, you mess with the wrong people. You mess. Listen, we, 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 we acted a little kooky for a minute, but we're back. And, and you, we, you know, you, you, we pulled that thing back. I'm going to tell you something. And I feel like the release is coming, and we're coming out a-blazing. Amen. You, I'm just telling you. You can feel it all over the place. You can feel it in this house. You can feel it in our house. I was just at Faith Family's house. You can feel it in the house. It's not just at this. It's the house of God. It's the people of God. And I'm telling you, we're, we, we've got a message. We, we, we've got something to speak and we've got something to share. We've got anointings to fall. We've got healings to take place. We have deliverance to happen. We have marriages to restore. We have babies to raise and impartations to give. We have generations and generations and generations. We cannot sit down. This is not the time. It's not the time. And uh, I am, I'm going to get to my notes now. And uh I, I am very, uh, very, very excited. Um, you know, I had something I wanted to read to you real quick. Um, and I wrote this down. It says, I wrote, there's so much power and value in coming together as a church body. You know, my husband made a statement um, a couple weeks back in a series of ours. He made a statement, and he said this. He said, we've created a life of options instead of a life of order. That's a good note taker. We've created a life of options instead of a life of order. And do you know that what you're doing right now in this church, right now what you're doing right this minute, wasn't optional? It's not optional. And hey, online people, I love you. Pastor Aaron and Diane love you. Come home. Come home. 
Here's the thing. God never intended for you to do life outside the church body. And, and here's the thing. Online people, you're only half. Here's the thing. You're a consumer, but you're not getting to be a giver. And so you will never be fulfilled. Because the part of the body, we were actually supposed to be linked together. But, but honestly, the hard part is, is that what COVID and some of those at that, that time period, it made things optional. And not only that, it made you optional and it made you an expert on everything that you have nothing that, to know about. And it made you an expert. And so the body of Christ needs to come back together. There are pastors set in place. And um, I, I want to I take you to a scripture um, if you'll go with me, they'll probably put it up on the screen. It's in Ephesians. It's in Ephesians, and it's chapter 3, verses 7. I'm going to read this out of the message translation. I'm going to read um, 7, and then I'm going to also read 10. And I'm not trying to take things out of context. I promise I'm not. But I just want you to see a couple things. It says this. This, this is Paul talking. Now, go ahead and read. Um, Paul is talking to the Gentiles and the Jews, and he's telling them why, what the mission that's on his heart, why God's called them. And he says this. This is my life's work. Say, me too. Say, me too. This is my life's work, helping people understand and respond to the message. Now, check this out a few verses down. It says this, through followers of Jesus like yourself. Say, myself. myself. Like, look at your neighbor and say, you too. You. Okay. Through followers of Jesus like yourself, gathering in where? Get for fellow believers like yourself gathering in Church. churches this extraordinary plan of God. whose plan was it? God. God, God's plan. Extraordinary people like you joining together in churches. was whose plan? God. God's plan. Hallelujah. God's plan is becoming what? And what? You're being talked about. God's plan, not only his plan, his extraordinary plan for people to come together in churches so that God could be known and talked about. And in this verse, it even says, and the angels. And the, listen, don't you love, I love the idea of an angel talking about me. Now, there might be other people that talk about me that might not be very good. But I'm telling you, when I can get the angels talking about me, when the angels say, hey, what is she going to say next so that I can move on her, on her lips? What, what is she going to do next so that I can assist her? What kind of dangerous situation is she going to? You know, the people of God ought to be dangerous. Yeah, what dangerous situation is she going to get in that I need to come in and surround her and protect her because she's on a mission because she got a word while she was at church and the angels are talking about you. Now, uh, I recently did a, a little study on um, sheep and shepherds, on sheep and shepherds. We were in a, a 21 devotional at the beginning of the year. Um, as we set the course, we did some times of prayer and fasting, and we did a devotional together on God's goodness. And um, in one of the devotional days, it was um, talking about sheep and shepherds, and it just sent me on a little, um, little study. And I thought it was so interesting, and I wanted to share some things with you along that line. Um, how many of you know that you have gifts from God right here? They're pastors. Amen? Amen. Amen. Just a good opportunity for you just to clap real loud. 
Now, I'll share something with you. I wanted to get away from, well, not wanted. When this message dropped in my heart, um, I felt an unction from the Holy One to give it to you. Because they probably won't always be able to teach this message. I'm, I'm a messenger. I'm a messenger to your body today. And, and, and I'm, I'm here to bring some instruction, correction, um, wisdom, revelation by the Holy Spirit. And so that you can see something so that you don't miss something. So that you can see something so that you don't miss something. And so, um, and so I want to tell you a little bit about a, a shepherd's role. So if you're taking notes and you want to write this down, here's a, here's a little bit about the responsibilities of a shepherd. Number one, they keep the flock intact. Number one, they keep the flock intact. Number two, this is the role of the shepherd. They protect from predators. They protect the sheep from predators. And number three, number three, they guide the sheep to the market for a time of shearing. So number one, they keep the flock intact. They protect from predators and number three, they guide the sheep to the market for a time of shearing. And so I want to share with you a video that I came across um, a while back um, when I was looking along these lines. And um, so just check this video out and we'll go from there. Don't you just love that? You know, what we hold on to can actually harm us. What we hold on to can actually harm us. And you know, what's so interesting about sheep, there's a couple other animals that are right uh, in that same line, an alpaca. They're the only animals that don't shed their own hair. They're the only animals that don't shed their own hair, and yet God called us, the body of Christ, sheep that needed a shepherd. And he knew that sheep needed a shepherd and that they needed to be sheared. Not only do they need to be protected, not only do they need to be kept intact, but they need to be taken to the shears. And you know what's interesting is that we need our pastors because this is the role of the shepherd. And uh, I, I want to tell you a couple things. Um, um, there's some dangers in holding on and holding on to stuff and holding on to the excess wool, to holding on. You know, what's interesting about the wool um, is that um, a lot of times sheep that leave the flock, um, I'm just talking naturally speaking, sheep that leave the flock, when their wool gets too overgrown, what happens is, is because it's so overgrown that it gets stuck in branches. It gets stuck in trees. And when they're, when they're traveling and going through, and it gets stuck in the trees, and they actually end up hanging themselves. Because, because it's so overgrown that they can't, listen, that they can't navigate their path. And they get stuck on things and then it hangs them. Here's something else that's interesting. When they're not sheared, um, 
in all of that hair and all of that wool, insects and parasites begin to live in there. And it, it becomes very, very infected. They, you know, it, 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 it kind of weaves its way in there. And, and, it, and, it become, and, it, and it affects their skin, and, and that's how a lot of them die even, because the hair is so matted that insects become and live in there and, and spread infection through there. Number three, one of the other things that happens is the weight of the wool, the weight of the wool causes atrophy, causes atrophy. Um, now, the lady said something. I don't know if you caught it on the screen. She said this. She said, she said I, I want to quote it right now. She said, um, it's dangerous. She said, it's dangerous to cut the wool off. But did you catch when she said, but it's more dangerous to keep it? She said, it was dangerous to cut the wool off, but it's more dangerous to keep it. And you know what happens when that wool, uh, I thought um, they put it up on the screen, that that wool was 77 pounds. And the weight of the wool caused the sheep to not be able to walk. And what happens is, is then atrophy sets in. A um, atrophy, and I wrote this just so you know the definition. Atrophy is the gradual, say gradual gradual decline in effectiveness or vigor due to lack of use. Atrophy is the gradual decline in effectiveness or vigor due to lack of use. Now, um, now this is very interesting. I have a mom, my mom, I have a mom, but my mom is 83 and she lives with us and her, and my dad both do. My dad just turned 86 and my mom's 83. And, um, November, right before Thanksgiving, it was like two weeks before Thanksgiving, uh, my mom fell in our home. And she fell and she broke um, her shoulder uh, right about here. And, um, and so she's been in a sling and it was her right hand. So we've had to assist her quite a bit um, and doing things, you know, helping her with her shower and um, helping her do a couple things. And, um, and so, and, she, and she's 83. And so we've been taking very good care of her. It's a privilege. Um, well, my sister came into town a couple months ago, and we had started some physical therapy. We uh, had taken my mom to physical therapy, and uh, the very first visit, uh, my sister and I both got to go because she was in town. And so when we went, we went back to the room, and um, the nurse, so you know, uh, I don't know that we coddle our mother, but we, we're, we, we treat her like she's precious. And so when we got to the back room and the nurse did something, she had taken off the sling and she said, um, she put my mom's hand, this hand on the armrest and this hand on the armrest. And she said, stand up. And I said, oh no, she can't do that. And she said, yes, she can. And I was like, she can? <laughs> and she said, yes, she can do this. And so I was like, okay. And so she put her hands up there, and then the nurse or the physical therapist lady said, stand up. And my mom stood up, and I was like, it's a miracle! <laughs> but what we realized is that atrophy was beginning to set in. It wasn't that she couldn't, she just wouldn't. It wasn't that she couldn't, she just wouldn't. And... Um, and you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes if we're not careful, we'll let our past injuries keep us from our present callings. Yeah. 
Sometimes if we're not careful, we'll let our past injuries keep us from our present callings. Do you know um, that when you get sheared, you get nicked? And some of you have some old wounds, like some church hurt. And it's been like 15 years. We're done. I'm going to be honest. Like you've milked that thing too long now. We're we're, no, no, listen, you don't have any sign of blood anywhere. There's no, you listen, it's over with. And you've been milking that thing and you've been complaining about that thing and you've been sitting in a chair and you've been occupying space and you've been coming and you've been eating and you've not been serving and you've not been giving and you're like, well, I got hurt like 20 years ago. There's the scar. You want to see it? Okay. I, and some of you, what you call church hurt was just really correction. It wasn't church hurt. Someone sat you down and had a hard conversation with you. Well, I'm offended. Oh, well. <laughs> Pastor Stephen, with his correction, offends me quite regularly. <laughs> uh, I, be truthful. He's my leader. He's my pastor. And sometimes, as, even as a wife, he'll say, don't do that anymore. I'm like, yes, sir. I don't want, my feelings are so hurt. I don't know. And there's things we're missing out on because we're milking. We're milking and we're missing things and we're missing the call of God on our lives. Walking around overweight, over. You know what's so interesting? You know what's so, I've been meditating on this for just a while. You know what's so interesting? If, if shearing happens regularly, do you know that that wool that was taken off of that 77 um, pound um, sheep, that that wool, listen, that wasn't good wool anymore. It was matted up, infected, infested. It was full of twi- twigs. It was all yucky. It had fleas in it. Had all this kind of. It was no. It wasn't good. But if you go, if you're listen, do you know that sheep get sheared about every spring? Right about now, you ought to get a good spanking. I'm here to deliver it. The shearing process is happening. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, about every, when that, when that happens on a regular basis, do you realize that the wool that is taken from that sheep is also a benefit to somebody else? Do you realize that when you come regularly and get fed and get instruction and get correction, what actually comes off of you will get onto somebody else and it'll be a good thing? Instead, we get offended. I'm offended. I ain't coming to church for the next six weeks. Oh, well, guess what? They're not hurt. You are. And your your calling is being affected. Your mission. Actually, here's the interesting thing. You didn't even put your call in. You, God did. And you're affecting the plan and the kingdom of God. And sometimes we think, well, I'm not going to be held accountable. You will be held accountable for it. You are put on this earth for a mission, on a mission for the kingdom of God to advance. And whatever job you have, UPS driver, nurse, doctor, lawyer, teacher, principal, uh, mechanic, whatever you have, that's just your job. That's not your mission. It's just your mission field. The mission was put in there by God to reach so that the church could expand and bring glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to encourage you to not, you know, Easter's coming up and not next week is Palm Sunday. 
And then week after that is Easter. And do you realize that you have a ton of lost people in this community? People that have no, they have no idea what it means to have a covering or a shepherd. They have no idea what it mean, what it, how it feels to have some, When Pastor Diane got up here this morning, and honestly, I almost started crying, and she began to say, if you walk through those doors and no one's ever loved you, we do. If you walk through those doors and no one's ever accepted you, we do. If you walk through those doors and you're hurting and you're wounded and you're lost, guess what? You've met found. If you, if you, listen, there are people all around you that not, not they, they, they need you and they need them and they need this house. And we've spent much too much time, listen, milking wounds and feeling bothered and being irritated by dumb stuff. Dumb. The enemy's out to distract us from the things that God has for us. Uh, the, you can invite the team up if that's okay. I, I, I wanted to read you a couple scriptures. I'm going to read you three. Because here's the thing. When, when, listen, when, when you get sheared, guess what happens? You can be on the move. When you get sheared, you can be on the move. And listen, Jesus was on the move. It, on this earth... When he was on this earth, he was moving. I'm going to take you to three different scriptures. You can jot them down real quick. Three different scriptures. I want to be sheared so that I can be on the move. So I want to be a lightweight. Any, not in a, I, don't want, I want to be a heavyweight in the spiritual, but I want to be a lightweight for God. You know what I'm talking about? I don't want a lot of things to hold me down. That's why the Bible says, it says, um, it says take off every burden that would so easily beset you so that you can what? Come on, students. Run the what? Race. Listen, I want to lay off every burden, every irritation, every offense, every complaint, all of that stuff. I want to lay it off so that I can run the race. Listen, I've run a couple half marathons, uh, probably five. I've run a couple half marathons. I'm going to tell you something. This old girl, she don't even, I barely want to wear my headphones. I don't want anything holding me back. I don't, I'm telling you, a fanny pack feels like it weighs 50 pounds. But some of us are carrying, listen, God is on the move, and he wants you on the move. All right? Here we go. Um, Matthew, Matthew chapter 14, Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. It says this, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was what? Say moved. Moved. He moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. How many of you want to lay hands on the sick? That's not just our job. That's your job. Moved. Say moved. Go with me to, if you will, Mark. Mark chapter 1, verse 41. Mark chapter 1, verse 41. And Jesus moved. Jesus what? Moved with compassion and put forth his hand and touched them and said to them and unto him, I will be thou clean. Jesus was what? Moved. Go with me to one more. Mark chapter 6, verse 34. Mark chapter 6, verse 34. And Jesus, when he came out, saw how many people? Much people. And was what? Moved. Moved with compassion toward them because they were as what? Sheep. Sheep not having what? How moved are you? How moved are you for sheep without a shepherd? Getting hung up getting caught up in the thistles and the branches walking around with parasites they're sick and they're sick and diseased in their bodies in their minds 
And you got a shepherd. Moved. Uh, I got a word from the Lord. One morning I was up just sitting, uh, I kind of have a little routine and I, uh, I get up rather early and I brewed my coffee and I was sitting there. And we have these three front windows at our house and I had lifted up the blinds. I love it when it's dark in the morning and then I get to see it go from dark to light. And I was just sitting there in the presence of God and God spoke these words to me. And I want to share them with you. I feel like they're an impartation. Will you, will you do me a favor? Could you, could you, um, I'm going to ask you to do something, but I want you to stay in still a position. Could you stand up real quick? This is something that I've been just practicing on my own recently. But I don't want you to stand up and, and get distracted. So stay with me. And then I want you to just, I want you to do something like this. I just want you to put your hands just like this. I've been practicing this even while my husband reads scripture. Because I'm opening myself up to it. And then if you're comfortable, you can close your eyes. If you want to look, you can, but you don't have to. But if, if you're distracted by what you're looking at or by someone around you, just close them. And I want to read you the word of the Lord. On January 12th, 2023, he said this. Giftings and callings are not pursuits of man's abilities. No, they are heavenly deposits from our maker to help lead others into freedom. Moses and Joshua and Caleb and Jonah and Esther, Nehemiah, Deborah, the disciples and Paul and Timothy and so many more, all of them were placed in complicated moments of history. Some near impossible situations and all were given the opportunity to use their gifts and influence. Some fought battles while others turned the tide of a nation. They preached and prayed and fasted for God to be seen and known and for his will to be done. For certain ones it was dramatic. Like the burning bush or a whale encounter. And others lost sight and some wept because the call seemed so costly. Others jumped at assignment, but in the end, all paid a price. Today, God is still seeking men and women who will use their lives as meat for the master's use. As warriors and servants, as builders and armor bearers, seen and unseen. But when we don't, Walk in our placed position. We will never experience the purpose for the gifting. We are left with an empty life of what can be accumulated on this earth. Instead of who will be accounted for in the kingdom. Dear people of God. We are at war. But let our lives be a long obedience of yeses to him every day. I pray today as we walk into our neighborhoods, you can look at me. As we walk into our neighborhoods, our schools, our jobs, the Kroger, 
that we would see a burning bush, the broken walls, the lost people, the ungodly kingdoms, and we would take our place and say, I am available. I beg you. I implore you. They're prepared. They're well-read. They're equipped. They love well. They do well. Perfect, no, wonderful, yes. People need you and they need them. Do not leave this next year and see one of your fellow sheep wander off astray. You'll probably answer to God for it. So we're going to sing this song. I'm available. And if you really mean it at any point in the song, I just want you to throw up your hands. And at the end of service, maybe Devin, if you'll just throw up that Easter code again, because maybe somebody didn't scan it. Maybe somebody didn't get an invite. After we sing this, and then your pastors are going to come up and just pray for you. But could you do something... To, can you just come on up, both of you, really quick? Baby, will you come up? Will you just pray for them? I'm going to use my mic. Oh, there you go. Sorry. Yeah, it's on. You got too much lipstick on that one. When we pulled into the parking lot, Pastor Tiffany said a word. And so I heard it, but then I really heard it. She said the word extra. I knew what she meant. I knew where she was going with that. And and then we were sitting here in the service, I'm sitting there on the seat, and I heard the word again, extra. extra for extra. Extra for extra. And then in the service, we've not talked at all. In the service, she's ministering, she uses that word again, extra for extra. We've been given extra. Your pastor and his wife have uh, been around a long time, guys been around a long time in this thing called ministry. I don't say that braggadocially. I say that very humbly. I've seen a lot of people come, a lot of people go, and a lot of people fall because of hurt, because of what ministry can do to you. Mm -hmm. And uh, how, what sheep can do to a minister. And I've watched this couple for years. We've been friends for many, many years now. and We really don't talk that often. Maybe once a month, maybe something like that. So it's not like we're always talking. I'm not familiar with what he's doing and what he's got going on in the church right now as much as I just see it. Uh, but uh, LifePoint has one of the greatest leaders that I think there is really in, nation, in the nation right I now. I believe that. You can see that because of what's around him and what's around her. You can see those that follow, and you watch those that follow. Now let me say something to you, and then I just want to say one thing to you about future. 
Because of there's a call on the church for leadership and to lead forward and to make change and go and compel and move and bring people in, it's also probably got some of the greatest challenges. Because the enemy knows that leaders are in the congregation. It knows that there's followers. Leaders and followers work together for the growth in the kingdom of God. And so the enemy would love to work internally to shake it up, to keep it from moving forward. And the attack comes against them and keeps them and gets them looking outward in different places. But I want to challenge you. We're in a different season right now. We're in a different season. The time is changing. Uh, I'm going to use this word only because it's just revelatory for me. But I really believe with everything in, in me that we are in a window of time. Window of time. Not just because of the return of Christ. A window of time because hearts are ready. Hearts are ready to be spoken to. Ears are ready to hear. It's so true. Because there's brokenness. There's no answers. There's no direction. There's confusion. All scriptural proof of what's What's happening is scriptural proof, but you need leaders. You need people that will be able to lead no matter how tough it is. Hmm. And I've watched them weather some storms and they stay true to the call call and leadership. And what gets on them gets on you. What gets on you gets on them. Come on. And so here's the word. Extra for extra so that extra can be done. Extra. It's extra. Extra. So that extra can be, can done. be done. Come on. It's extra. You need extra. Extra. <laughs> it's kind of like the Elijah. Elijah experience is what I'm seeing. Amen. Now, immediately when we think extra, we immediately, because of our limited natural mind, we think materially. Mm, anointing. That's just a result of the extra. I'm talking about anointing. I'm talking about power. The ability to see what you couldn't see, the ability to say what you couldn't say, the ability to hear what you couldn't hear, the ability to move. To move. There'll be those that won't go with you, and there'll be those that will wonder why you're moving. You're not moving from the church. That's not my point, but up higher. But you'll be okay with it. Higher. Because extra requires extra so that extra can come. Hmm. And here's the main word. You'll know those that will go with you. And it'll be easier because you can't have the weight anymore. The weight will hold you back. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about about them. It's about what's on the other side of them. To lead them with extra so that extra can get on them so that they can have the extra. Because you know what you experienced in the few years behind you. It took extra to get through it. Extra anointing, extra understanding, extra hearing, and extra wisdom. It's what sets people free. Stretch your hands out to your leaders. Every day, every day, every day, there's a cry of the heart that people don't see. You know why? It's not meant for them to see it. Sometimes it's just the vision from Him so that you can see yourself forward. But you'll know from this day forward the extra that will be necessary to carry the extra so that the extra can come.
You'll see what you couldn't see. You'll hear what you couldn't hear. You'll know what you didn't think you knew. You'll wake up in the middle of the night and you'll go, oh my gosh, I see it. I hear it. I know it now. And it comes with a grace. It comes with an ability. It comes with a strength to walk. It comes with a, a hearing that will change those in front of you. In Jesus' name. Now here's the motive. Because you can see beyond what you're looking at. Because you know hearts are in this. Mm. In the balance. Hearts are in the balance here. And sometimes because hearts are in the balance, you have to let some other hearts go. Because they're weighty to the balance. It's time to go with extra. So that you can get to extra. So that extra can come. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Father, I pray for this congregation. Yes, we do. I pray for every individual in here. Hallelujah. We call in extra into their lives. We call in extra. Extra anointing. Extra grace. Extra anointing. Extra opening. Extra anointing. Extra favor. Extra anointing. Extra anointing. Grace to follow through. Yeah. Grace to overcome. Grace to see what they couldn't hear. Grace to do what they couldn't do. Ability beyond themselves. And Father, we know that anytime you bring increase, anytime there's double, anytime there's increase, people take off and run. People take off and accomplish. And move. People take off and and move move for the kingdom of God. Move. There'll be healings that thought couldn't be healed. Mm. Mm. Move. There'll be signs and wonders that'll follow. There'll be impossibilities that were impossible for years will happen in a moment's notice. They'll be changed. Move. The toughest of heart will be softened to hear the good news in this window of time. And I thank you with everything within me, Father. I don't even know what that really means. I just know there's something big in me to help them hear that Life Point Church is ready for extra, for the extra to come so that they can do the extra. So we ask you for it. We ask you for it. Double and portion. And we're grateful for it. Double portion. And honor you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody say. Amen. They're ready to sing.